Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. We're going to start off with show notes today, just as usual. We've got our Evening with Medium events coming up on April 26th, August 23rd, and December 13th this year. All tickets are on sale at the website by sarlo.com. And we have an extra Evening with Medium events, except this one's going to be an afternoon with mediums that is on March 8th, which is International Women's Day. It's held at the Grand Event Center hosted by the Crisis Center, and it's a free event to the public, but you have to call to reserve your seats. So contact the Crisis Center. I believe it's 1.30 to 3.30 that afternoon. Mm -hmm. Two hours as usual. We're channeling for the public. Get your seats while they're still available. Sips of Sanity is back. We took a break for a month and it is back on the website by sarlo.com. This is our 10 minute to 15 minute show runs the first week of each month, Monday to Friday, you get an emotional intelligence toolkit and spiritual intelligence toolkit to help you move through life. And last but not least, we have gift certificates available on the website by sarlo.com. Sessions can be purchased for anyone anywhere in the world. You can experience them via Skype, FaceTime, or telephone. You want to get up on Saturday morning or listen to us with a cup of coffee or a cup of tea in a Bisarlo mug. You're very welcome to go to the website. We sell them on the site for $15 a mug. Awesome. On to today's show. I picked mirror touch synesthesia for today's show. I know we've done it in the past, Kelly, but I think... I think it's fascinating. Yep. And I think there's so many unanswered questions. And I know for the two of us, we're still learning about our own gifts. Yeah. Um, And it's something that comes through in every single session. It comes through every single day of our lives. It isn't something you get to turn on and turn off. Um, Some medical people consider it a diagnosis, actually. So it's not, I mean, you and I refer to it as gifts. Well, so savant. Yes good example right it's just identifying and labeling characteristics skill sets qualities yeah i like that yeah symptoms so mirror touch is something that we've done in the past we've talked about it in a particular show so people can go to the archives and find it but i think that people hear about mirror touch synesthesia in every single one of the shows when we say we feel someone else's pain Mm -hmm. we feel someone else's joy we feel something for someone else. And to the point, well, actually, maybe what we should do is start by saying generally that we feel for human to human. So we feel for other people. You and I also feel for animals. We're going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. We also feel for dead people. Mm-hmm. And we also feel for dead animals. Okay. And that comes through for us because we are both mediums. Mm-hmm. And that is different for the stats that you find on the internet that say mirror touch synesthesia is person to person only. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to offer something and you can decide if we don't want to go there today. But I also feel for inanimate objects. That's fine. And that I know I've read in books is something that does exist. It's not just in the mind. It's not, Mm -hmm. it's not a craziness. It's an actual experience. Oh, no, but I think people will understand that when they feel, well, we both feel world events. So we feel earthquakes. Mm -hmm. Um, We have mirror touch synesthesia for trees, uh, for weather conditions. So I think that's great that you're pointing that out. And I think that's why 
I want to keep bringing this topic up over and over again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then maybe we can just kind of go back to each example we've given so that it's not all confusing. Because I'm I'm focusing on when you said we feel earthquakes and I'm sure people are going to be like, uh, me too. But we do prior to them happening. Yeah. And this is something that's been very confusing as we've been learning about the gifts is that we found this definition of mere touch synesthesia and was like, oh my God, that's what I have. Mm-hmm. You see it in front of you put into words. But then I didn't realize that you had to be observing what the other person or thing is experiencing in the current moment. That's how it's defined on the internet. Right. And I mean, I'm reading about a medical doctor in the States that describes it as such as well. Yeah, he has it in the case, like you say, where he actually has to see the heart attack occur to feel his heart feel like it's a heart attack. Yeah, and I remember reading this or a couple of his examples and it clicked in my head and went, oh my God, he literally, it's only in the exact moment and his he has to be seeing it Mm. it's not that he's even just on the same floor in the same hospital the proximity has nothing to do with it other than the fact that he has to be standing and looking okay the combination of the two so that's for that doctor yes you and i don't experience it that way and all of our clients know it and all of our listeners already know that Mm -hmm. and so for anyone who's just tuning in this is going to be wildly confusing but there are many other shows that you can go back and listen to. I wanted to say that our experience of mere touch synesthesia is nonlinear. Right. We experience it in past experiences for other people mm-hmm. as well as future. Yep. And current, but not, mm, how do I say this? Nope. I guess if it's not in the moment, it's past or or future. Mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that. Oh my God, Kelly, you're making me think of Connor. A little boy that died at Sick Kids Hospital. Yeah. When his physician and the nurses and his mom and family were in the hospital all around his bed the day that they believed he was passing. And he would say things to me like, and his spirit would say things to me like, I'm going to burp. I'm going to burp. And then I would feel like I'm going to burp. I would burp. And then he would burp in in Toronto. I'm in North Bay. I am four hours away, can't see him, can't see the family. And then they would affirm it and say, he's burped. I would say, oh, he's going to fart. And I would feel like I'm farting. And they would be like, how in God's name does she know when he's going to burp and fart? Mm -hmm. And so I think about the list of gifts that we explain in the consent process. Mm -hmm. And I think, okay, we talk about mere touch synesthesia, which is feeling what another person feels. But then is that the psychic portion of us? Because if it's not in the moment and we're not observing the person as it's happening, is that the psychic future part of our gifts? Kelly, if you're going to ask me questions like that, I'm going to lose my mind. No, and I'm, and I'm, I'm toying with them, right? Because yeah. I'm, we've already talked about the fact that all the gifts work together yeah. at all times. This is the nonlinear that we're talking That's about. That's right. And so when it was sort of put in my face about this doctor who I felt I was relating to and then realized, and I don't mean this rudely, I realized his limitations with the gifts. I felt, I guess, elated that I wasn't limited to just experiencing it in the moment as it's happening because then I can't do my other job as an energy healer. I'm going to remind you about this. 
when you get something oh like hemorrhoid. Yeah. <laughs> feel free to. That you feel gratitude. So grateful for experiencing this with you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. But I just mean that when I understand or observe as a human, just observe how people feel like someone finally understands them mm-hmm. or they feel like someone finally gets me. I don't know that I would be able to really understand that feeling if I didn't experience it with all of the gifts and only had it in the moment as it was happening. Well, that was something I really wanted to talk about today. Can we go into that a little bit more then right now? I brought it up. Yeah. Okay. It was one of the things I wanted to chat with you about so people could listen to and really sit and relate to something like this. There are so many people who are in pain physical pain. It can be a pinched nerve. It can be, oh my God, there's just countless lists of the types of physical pain people experience. It could be a deep muscle spasm deep, deep into the vagina, for example, that doctors haven't seen, physios can't touch because it's so deep inside that unless you're a pelvic physio, you wouldn't know this. And you may only have it at certain times. It could be randomly flared so that when you go to a physio or a doctor, if it's not flared, they can't find it. So they're very frustrated because this can be extremely debilitating. It can mean that all of a sudden you hate sex right in the middle of it when you've been enjoying it all along. It can mean that you are afraid to go to work because you don't know when this is going to hit you and it's debilitating. You can't even function or think. You don't even know how to get home or get to your car. So it really becomes something that stresses you all the time. And if you say something to a friend or a coworker, they think you're a liar. They think that you are a drama queen or that you are manipulative. And you have no way to prove because there's no diagnosis. There's no doctor saying this is what you've got. And you may be living with that, trying to prove it over and over again to people, only to be disbelieved, shunned. Some people become angry with you. They turn, friends turn away, partners turn away. They can even talk about you behind your back. The list of anguish that goes with something like this is intense. And it is all encompassing, meaning that even your children may not believe you and make fun of you. I think this can go with any anything that can't be diagnosed. Yeah. You're giving a great specific example, but for anyone who's gone for tests, years and years of different kinds of tests, different doctors, different specialists, and no one can figure out what it is, you end up feeling all the things that you just talked about. You might feel like no one's actually seeking an answer for you. And so other people turn on you and you feel like you're turning on them because no one cares enough. Yeah. And, and sometimes what has happened is your community turns on you, your spouse does, your spouse no longer believes you. And so now there could be fights. Now there can be a breaking apart of the relationship. Because the husband says or the partner says, well, the doctor says there's nothing wrong with you. So there's nothing wrong with you. In other words, so you're lying. And this really, really can create anxiety issues. And it can go very deeply into creating depression. And in they walk, in they come, they book a half hour, an hour appointment with you or I, sit down, go through consent and say yes, open session, what do you get? 
Or how about medical intuitive? Go ahead, Karen. Go ahead, Kelly. And my brain's going to, I'm so grateful I get to experience these vaginal spasms with you. Yes. And and truthfully, as much as we can laugh about it, we are. Yes, because I can sit there or you can sit there and say, oh, I'm getting vaginal spasms. And in that moment that one of us says, oh, I'm experiencing vaginal spasms. The look. The feeling. It's like a fuck right off. Oh, yeah. It can be anything from absolute disbelief in one moment to another moment of, oh, my God. To another moment of, oh, my God. And an absolute moment of breaking down where they sit there and look at us where there is so much gratitude from them that someone is acknowledging pain. How about how about the disbelief and the confusion and anger of, are you fucking kidding me? It was that easy. I didn't have one test. I didn't have to strip. My dignity wasn't taken away from me. I didn't get doubted. They just literally said what I'm feeling in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have to open my mouth. Mm-hmm. And, and quite often that is what's said at the end of the session as they're walking out to pay their bill. I can't believe that I didn't have to tell you a single word. I didn't have to guide you. I didn't have to tell you anything that I've been going through, what people have said to me. I don't even know how to describe what this feels like. And it's in that moment that you and I are talking about when I hear that, that I just stand there and go, okay, this is so worth doing. And I'm so grateful, Kelly, that we have had the courage to be able to call ourselves medical intuitives. Whether other people come here and disbelieve it or not, whether people hear about what we do and make fun of us behind our back, and they do, we we hear about it. But no matter what they say or do about us, we still say we are medical intuitives. I, I love it because it can mean in that moment for that person where they get back their dignity, they get back knowing that they are right, they get back their sanity, And I think for many of them, it gives them then the courage to go back to the medical community until they get their answers. And quite often with the medical, it just continues. There's never usually just one issue or one problem. We can give them multiple things, including if they've just had a headache behind the left eyeball. Um, They clenched their jaw. They clenched their pelvis. um, They hurt their foot five years ago. There's a number of things that can come in that session, not just one current pain. There was a couple that came to see me, uh, each sitting in a a separate chair, and I was sitting on the stool in front of them, and I was describing this pain to the wife, saying, this is what I'm picking up. I'm getting all of these symptoms. And as I said them, she just kept her head down. And I just kept going and I said, is this accurate? And her husband said to me, yes, it is. Keep going. And 
I kept going with a whole list of different things that she was experiencing. Headaches, it was just piles of stuff. And at the very end of the list, she looked up at her husband and the amount of love that I saw between the two of them was unbelievable. And he said to her, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And he started crying. He got down on his hands and knees. He went over in front of her chair and he put his hands on top of her hands and he said, I am so, so sorry. I don't know how to tell you how sorry I am for everything that I've said to you. And she sat in her her chair. She just put her hand on his top of his head and said, okay, I'm glad that you understand now. And in that moment, I got to see all of the anguish that she had been going through in her marriage with him because he stopped believing her. He stopped believing her about her pain because it became tiring. Because he didn't know how to help her. Because he was frustrated. Because the medical community couldn't say it was valid. And in that moment, when I sat there and said as a medical intuitive, these are all the symptoms I'm getting in your body, and they were spot on, he got it. And sometimes that's what we need. We need a partner to get it for us. But okay, so let's bring this back to the original point of the podcast was mere touch synesthesia, because we're talking about this being medical intuitive, but Mm -hmm. we're also saying we don't know how to separate mere touch from medical intuitive. We can talk about feeling the exact feelings in the body, the same sensations, and also the same emotions, Mm -hmm. because that is part of the synesthesia Mm -hmm. that she has experienced in the past and most likely will continue to experience in the future Mm -hmm. and know medically what's going on in her body. So there's a combining of gifts at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like it, Kelly, because quite often some of the clients will say, where did this start? And in our bodies, we will start to feel the pain in a certain location and be able to say it started here. There was a flu, there was a virus, there was whatever. Yeah, and again, that's very much pairing medical intuitive to understand what's happening in the body. Mere touch to go back to the very first sensation of what and where, and then figuring out the pathway that it followed. Yeah, I find that super interesting too. How when we're doing medical intuitive using synesthesia, that you can feel it in one part of the body. So you might have a pain in the top right shoulder, and they can verify that. And then you follow the pathway to it, and you could end up in their pelvis on the left hand side, you could end up in the right foot, you could end up behind a right eyeball, but that you literally, you and I literally can go through the body, I'll say, like a geometric shape, like joining the dots, I like to refer to it as light bright. For me, it's like a light bright neat. Yeah. Yeah. So when I'm talking to clients and I want them to understand what I'm doing, I will often say to them, picture a light bright. You're going to take those little pegs and I'm going to put them in. And then eventually we're just going to turn the power on and light everything up so you can see what lights up in the body and how it's connected. And that's how I also can see it. So I don't know if that's psychic or if that's another kind of synesthesia. It's funny because like we can pose the questions and say, I don't know what that is. And then it's kind of like, I also don't necessarily 
care to have it labeled. I'm just enjoying the experience. Yeah, that's how I feel. I'm glad you've said that. Mm-hmm. It, it's just not the most important part, I think. Yeah. It's not a disrespect for being able to research, being able to study it and put a label on it because, you know, labels can make us feel very comfortable too in a lot of ways. But the most important part is that it's effective. Can we go to that next? You're kind of leading. You're leading the conversation. So I'm going to keep following you today. Oh, this is such a change. Yeah. Oh, I like it. So I remember years ago in consent saying things to people like, "Um, can I have consent for, and I would rhyme things off. And instead of saying, and mirror touch synesthesia, I would say, and I feel things that you feel because I didn't know how to word this. There was no there were no terms. And people would say, Oh, I know what that is. That's empathy. And I would say, No, <laughs> no this isn't the this, same thing. This is far more inconvenient. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, no. If someone else has a hemorrhoid, you probably with empathy aren't going to be laying on your bed not being able to roll over or get up. Yeah. You might feel bad for the person who has hemorrhoids. Yeah. Empathy is more about emotions. Yes. But you won't actually be struggling to have a poo with them. Yeah. <laughs> you won't be forking over $40 to your own chiropractor because you are feeling your client's neck pain. Yeah. And I guess that's a, like a whole other topic about how our chiropractic and physiotherapy bills are through the roof often going to see these professionals and having them say, yes, this isn't your pain. Yes, you actually don't have this shoulder issue. Your T3 is fine. And I'm like, no, I swear to God, it's out. But it ends up being my four o'clock client that has T3 out or injured or fused. So I often explain to people when they say, oh, I know what that is. That's empathy. And I often give this explanation. No, with empathy, you have to know that this person has this problem, the pain in the neck. You don't have the pain in the neck. You feel bad for them because maybe you've had one yourself and you can understand what it's like. But it doesn't make mean that you feel it. You just feel bad or you feel something for them. Yeah, you're going on a reference system, depending on your own experiences, to, like people say, put yourself in another's shoes. Right. And assume or anticipate what they must be feeling. Yeah. And then I'll go to the example, because I think it's such a great one. And I know we did a podcast show on my first asthma attack, but where I actually had a man come in, sit down in the chair, and I immediately, before I could even get through consent had a full-blown asthma attack for over five to 10 minutes of coughing and wheezing and not breathing. And I just knew his first name. So mere touch synesthesia has me in the asthma attack. So that is the difference. Let's add this too, because we're also energy healers and psychics. And like you said, medical intuitives. So not only are you in the asthma attack, but as you can't breathe, you're listening to the guides explain to you what's going on, Mm -hmm. explain what triggered it, why it's happening, what the difficulties are in not just the physical aspect, but what psychological components start happening Mm -hmm. because of the asthma attack. 
Yeah. There's a shit ton of work that happens, not just experiencing what the person physically went through, but psychologically and emotionally. Mm -hmm. Like when he had his first asthma attack and what triggered it. And a doctor might say, well, that's simple. Or how about that's irrelevant? What if they had an asthma attack because they just got in a massive fight with their partner? Well, that's what I was, you're on the same wavelength as me, but no wonder. (laughs) Thank you for jumping in. (laughs) Maybe the listeners are going, well, they should be. Yeah, because what I get when the first asthma attack is happening, and I know that's what you're trying to explain is I might hear the parents having the fight in the house where he's terrified that that dad's going to punch her or that he's going to kill her. And his first asthma attack is triggered out of absolute terror for survival, for survival. Yeah. For someone else, interestingly enough. And I think some people, and the reason I threw out irrelevant is because I think oftentimes people think of an asthma attack being triggered by weather conditions. Yeah. Right. Temperature, um, things like that in the environment that are affecting the actual airways. But we're talking about the fact that physical events or emotional events can trigger those things. And a doctor might say, irrelevant what was the temperature in the house Mm -hmm. right they're focusing on different contributing factors Mm -hmm. I do like to think or at least toy with the idea now uh, when I'm daydreaming or laying in bed at night that medicine has collided with us and that it will constantly collide with us because of the accuracy of what we do but also because people are understanding we're complete beings and that something that happens to us physically does have emotional components and that all kinds of people are understanding that now. Mm -hmm. It's more acceptable than it was when I first started doing this professionally 10 years ago. Yeah, I used to have massive arguments or where people were just brick walls if I said something like that. And now... I still get that to some degree with some people, but I do find the average person is understanding that, more open to it, or has heard it prior to being here. It's, I'm not the first person to say it anymore. So I find that very helpful. On a different sort of topic here, I want to say that it's rare for two people to have it in the same house. So I googled some stats and it's 1.6 to 2.5% of the population, scientists estimate, have mere touch synesthesia. I think that's so laughable. And I know you do too. Mm-hmm. But how do they measure it? They don't even know what it is. I know. Okay. And then did they ask everyone, do you, do you have mere touch synesthesia? Can we write that down? Well, what I was going to say... <laughs> What I was going to say is, I think that that stat is incorrect, first of all. Great, on the same page again. Uh, Yeah, I don't think it's correct because I think a lot of people that have it don't know they have it. Totally. Just like you and I didn't know what it was called and don't know how to explain it to a doctor. But also, Kelly, most people that have something like this don't go in and tell their doctor they have it. No. They're not going to walk in and say, hey... Um, Every time my kid has an ear infection, um, I get a sore ear. Oh, my God. And what they call that mother's sympathy? Oh, yeah. Because those things get swept aside. They get sympathy pains. Yeah. That was a label. Yeah. They get everything. All of these things get dismissed. 
So first of all, I don't think it can be rightly or justifiably measured. Yeah, I hope no one got paid for that study. (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) You did a terrible job. My point was simply that what I wanted to draw attention to is that I think it's fantastic that two of us have it in the same family. I will agree. And that I think that this is absolutely amazing because it also means, well, this is going to sound like I'm really bragging, but here goes. I feel so incredibly fortunate that we are mediums, psychics, and all of these other gifts that we have combined with the synesthesia, I think is a freaking powerhouse Mm -hmm. of gifts to be able to help people. Okay, and then this is going to sound incredibly selfish after you bragged. (laughs) This is not flattering, but hear me out. I'm reading this book where this doctor has the web definition of mere touch synesthesia, and I'm sitting there going, I feel scared for him because he only has the Mm -hmm. one component and none of the other gifts so far that he's talked about to explain anything to him. Yeah. And I think the nonlinear aspects of the gifts, as well as all of the other ones, help us to make sense of them within seconds Mm -hmm. of having the mere touch experience. Mm -hmm. I'm having rapid eye movements and can't breathe and I'm sniffing and I'm having, I realize I'm having an overdose, but the guides tell me you're having an overdose. Yeah. This is why, this is what happened. This is how it affected him. And I've got explanations within seconds. Yeah. And he doesn't. No, I I felt scared for him. Yeah. Because the psychological effects of having the gifts are hard enough. Yeah. Then having no explanation for them. And not having the same person under the same roof being able to debrief with? I think that'd be just terrifying. Yeah. It makes me want to reach out to him. It makes me want to call him. I always want to reach out to somebody like this and and be able to say, I mean, how can I support you? How can I help you? How can I explain it to you? How can I actually run through? Because maybe that sounds egotistical. I I don't really know. But I hope that there will be a day that as much as we want, as much as we run shamanic journeying workshops, and we teach people how to use their intuitive gifts, I hope someday that we're asked to be guest speakers. And I hope that we're asked to be able to run workshops for people with mere touch synesthesia, that we're actually able to guide them and help them through this. Because it is extremely confusing. And as you said, without all of the other gifts, I don't know really how they manage it. And I know for certain, well, no, I shouldn't say that. I would believe that for many of them, people don't even believe them, so they can't get off the ground. So I would think many people with mere touch synesthesia stay quiet. That's why I don't get the friggin' stat on so many levels. Yeah. Yeah. Like, where did they get that stat? And how did they put all those people together? I like, well, I was not included. Yeah, I wasn't. No one called me. Yeah, me neither. So how did they even get all of these people? But anyway, we digress here. (laughs) Maybe we're ranting. The point is, question everything. Yeah. I think there's so much more to say about Maritouch synesthesia. I hope what we've done today is open open it up for people. So that if someone is listening to this and wants to turn to someone else in the room and say, 
I think I have some of those things, then it's okay to reach out and ask us because you can ask us questions through emailing us. We always say that at the end of the podcast shows, you can always book an appointment uh, by telephone, Skype and FaceTime or be in person anywhere in the world, anywhere in the world. And we can still be able to assess you to be able to say, some people I've had say, can you please tell me if I have mirror touch synesthesia too? And the guides have flat out said, no. Yeah. They have empathy. They're confused. Explain it to them. Oh, I, we've had flat out knows that they're narcissistic and they want the attention back on them. So they say that they understand what they're going through. Yeah. And it's important for somebody to be addressed. Yep. It's important that Kelly and I both have enough integrity to be able to say to people, no, you're a narcissist. No, you do not have these gifts. Huh? And we do. If the spirit guides say it's a no, this is a narcissist. That's exactly what they hear. So yeah, we're not really in the business of people pleasing. No, we're not. And I understand <laughs> that we'd make more money if we were. <laughs> you think? I don't know. Also not the point though. No, it's not. It's not it's it's not at all. We would have made less enemies. Yeah. We might not have a blacklist of people we don't see. <laughs> right? Okay. Well, and and the reason because we don't put up with abuse. That's right. That and when people call and really are narcissists and information can be in the wrong hands, we have the integrity to say no. Mhm. And I think for people that are narcissists, they really do need to have that address. They need the no person in their life. No people create safety. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I want to continue all of these podcast shows on mere touch synesthesia. I want to constantly be able to educate and update people. I want people to email us and ask us questions. You stop us in the street. You telephone us, whatever. You give us suggestions. <laughs> you telephone us. Give us a ring. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I want people to know we're accessible so that if they want us to come into public speaking or whatever it is, one-on-one. -on -one, yeah. Collaborate ideas. Yes. And for all of the professional people out there who think they can't call us, get over it. Yeah. Pick up the phone and ask us. I am delighted when physiotherapists or doctors, anybody in a profession says, can you explain this? Can you explain blah, blah, blah? I am so happy to educate them. Cool. Okay. Okay. Well, having said what you just said, if you have questions or comments, you can email us at info at Otherwise, thank you for listening and have a beautiful Saturday.